0: Hi, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor.
1: And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot.
0: And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial.
1: So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off.
0: Today, we've got an amazing guest of ours. Uh, it's a good friend of mine. I actually met him at a maintenance shop, Kavu, uh, which Richard Fornaka owns. Uh, he was on episode six with us, and uh, and Matt's just a great guy. I think I met him when uh, when how old were you? Were you sixteen years old? Sixteen years old. Wow. Yeah. So it's been uh, it's been five years since I've known you. Uh, you're 21 now, and you've done awesome things. When I think I first met you, you were just a private pilot, right? Student student pilot. Oh, not even a private pilot. Yeah. Oh, oh, 16. You can't be a private pilot. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But he had enough experience to be a private pilot. Uh, He could solo around and do all sorts of cool stuff at 16. So uh, thanks so much for joining us today, Matt. Yeah. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah. Thanks for being on, bud. And uh, for everyone else, Matt's actually the guy that got me into aviation. Uh, We started flying, we met junior year high school, junior year math. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and we started flying together since then. And, um, that's actually who got me into aviation and it's got me where I am today. So super awesome. And thanks for being on buddy. Of course. Um, so yeah. So first thing we do with everyone. So let's start off with how you got into aviation.
2: So I got into aviation at a pretty young age. Um, my great grandpa flew for United for about 36 years. He flew in world war II and he flew, uh, DC threes and DC fours, and eventually, uh, I think, was it the seven? No, I don't think he flew the seven hundred and seven. But he flew for United for thirty six years, um, and then he was the head of training for United out in Denver. Um, and when I was born, he would always take me to airports, and we would watch airplanes together. Um, we would always go to Orange County. I re- distinctly remember that airport, um, John Wayne. And watch planes land and take off all the time. And then once he died, uh, me and my family, we moved out to California. I'm originally from Boston. And um, we used to take a JetBlue red-eye flight out of Long Beach. And um, I would love it because I would be five, six years old, looking out the window, seeing the night, uh, the night lights on the ground and just the peacefulness of flying at night. It just I was intrigued and it just, I knew i it was my love since I was at a young age. So that's how I pretty much got
0: into it. I can tell you really like, you like that, that passion for aviation. And it's like in your blood with your grandfather doing that. That's yeah. way cool. Yeah. And I've, like I said, I've known you for five years and I had no idea about that story, to be honest. <laughs> so that's way cool. I mean, we get to learn something every day about each other and our friends. So that's really neat. So Matt, I know you got your ATP recently. And we, we want to talk to you about that today. I mean, you, with getting your ATP, that's a big milestone, and you're 21 years old getting your ATP. That's nuts. Um, most 21-year-olds are probably just starting flight training, uh, so you're going to be talking to a lot of them today. Uh, but it's an awesome, awesome goal that you achieved at such a young age, and I'm really excited for you. So we want to talk to you about a little bit of what that process was like on how you went from being a student pilot five years ago. Uh, because you weren't even eligible to uh, to get certain ratings till till you got older, uh, so it may have taken you a little bit longer than a traditional person if they're just going to school. But I mean, the journey had to have been neat. What was it like to go from getting being a CFI and working with students every day to going to the airlines? How did the interview process go, and how did it feel to get that email that you got hired?
2: Well, the jump from flight instructing to airlines was definitely a big step and a different, um, dynamic on itself. Um, I loved flight instructing, enjoyed every minute of it, loved all my students, um, applied for SkyWest airlines. And I think I got the call back within like the next morning, actually. I, I, I applied at like 11 at night. And by the next morning at like 10 AM, I, I woke up and I had a email notification saying I got a, a interview date. And half of me was really excited and half of me, my heart sank and I was, was extremely nervous because I was like, okay, my dream is starting to come true. I need to now make sure I can get the job and not mess up. So I immediately talked to my friends and mentors who have gone through the process and I started um, studying for the interview and making flashcards. I can't tell you how many gouges and flashcards I've made and studied to, uh, for that. A lot of bold method videos. Um, just trying to prepare myself to make sure I got every question right. And fortunately for me, my interview ended up only lasting 25 minutes because the interviewer had the flu. So he didn't really want to talk to me too much. So, you know, an interview is an interview.
1: So, so what kind of things were they asking in that interview? Um, you know, it's only 25 minutes. What, what was it like after they said, what's your name?
2: (laughs) They, uh, they just asked me a couple of HR questions. What would you do if, uh, uh, passenger was, um, incapacitated and then your alternates are gone low on fuel, that type of stuff. If you were the captain, even though they know you're going to be a first officer. Um, and then they just asked me a lot of, um, uh, high altitude aerodynamic questions, um, icing conditions, a couple plates, um, stars, SIDS, what, what those meant, what, uh, how to read them. Um, and then a couple performance questions and a lot, but a, mostly weather questions, actually, surprisingly a lot, a lot about thunderstorms and icing. Cause um, especially in the airlines during the winter, that's what we run into the most as far as uh, things that give us trouble.
0: Yeah. Thunderstorms and icing are no joke. And I could see why they would focus on that. And that's, oh, that's, that's nice. Just flew through one. <laughs> well, i reassuring that they do talk about that a lot because in in general aviation, those are some of the really big killers in general aviation, flying into a storm or flying into known icing conditions when your airplane's not ficky certified or something like that. Those are big killers. And I think they should really focus more on that on private, instrument, commercial, all of those things, even though weather's no one's favorite, uh, favorite subject, of course. But it's turned into one of mine because once you go fly around the entire U.S. or even around the world, weather becomes a big thing.
1: So yeah, you know, we're flying 172s and uh, and going to what plane now? What are you flying?
2: Flying the Embraer 175.
1: How do you feel about it compared to what you're used to? It's a little faster. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, and where are you based out of? What what are you doing?
2: Right now I have my IOE. So what IOE is, it's uh, initial operating experience. You did get that right after you pass your ATP. So it's basically you're with a, uh, what's called a check airman. So basically like a CFI for jets. Um, and basically taking you through what the day to day is like, you do fly real people. The first time you step and fly the real plane is with people on board. Um, so you just fly for about 40 hours and then you either get signed off or you keep getting a little bit more experience, but, um, uh, you do that, and then I'm going to be based in Boise. I'm based right now. Well, I'm not based, but I'm doing my IOE out of San Diego right now, and I have a, a trip tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but, yeah, eventually I'll be out of Boise and then hopefully get L.A. Uh, within the next month or two.
1: That's super awesome. I'm super proud of you. That's awesome.
0: And starting out the airlines, uh, everyone talks about like minimum hours or minimum hours for pay. What is the realistic hours? So when you when you first got started and you got hired, and they started paying you, how long was it until you got to your training? How long was it before you got into an, a real airplane? And what was what was that process like? And how many hours are you planning on getting now per month, just starting out? So right now I just got about I think just either at 20 or 20
2: hours from my first trip, we had a four day trip and we did 14 legs. (laughs) So that was was a lot. That was a lot of flying. Um, I don't know what Boise is too much, but the minimum base pay they pay you per month is 76 hours. But I think, especially with the holidays coming, I think I'll get a little bit above that. I think I'll get 80 to 85 hours, maybe, depending on um, how the flights are up there. I'm a pretty low uh, guy as far as seniority goes. Um, so I'll probably be called on reserve a lot and have to fly a lot of trips, which I'm fine about because I want to do this, you know, I'm stoked about it, but, um, started training July 12th. And then, um, we went, uh, to ATP in Dallas, did that for a week past that. Then you go and you do in doc, did that for a week past that. Then we were off for about two weeks and then we came back, we did systems and that only lasted, uh, 10 days went home for nine and then, uh, did procedures training. So what procedures training is, it's like flows, checklists, um, just basically what types of switches and how the checklists are read out certain phases of flight. Um, that was only uh, five days and then, um, went to Sims and I was in St. Louis for two weeks and, uh, passed the ATP. And then a week later I got the call saying I had a, tr- uh, my IOE scheduled. So it had, the process was, uh, as far as getting the IoE schedule pretty quick. When you're when you're in training, it feels like forever. But looking back now, it it, it happens so quickly. But in it it's it's takes a while, it feels like.
0: Yeah, that's that's way cool. I mean, the whole process that you've gone through and just knowing you throughout that whole process has been kind of neat. Um it's weird not seeing you around the airport though, uh flying GA stuff. I so understand. it is it is nice to have you around the airport again, uh, which is really, really neat. Uh, what was it like to fly your first passenger? Because I know they don't just let you fly a passenger on your first real airplane, right? Or do they? No.
2: Or I mean, they do, but
0: like, yeah. no, they really do. Yeah, I'm just I mean... making a joke. Uh, the first time Matt flew a passenger was in a real jet. Um, <laughs> and that's how it is for everybody. Uh, some people don't know that, but, uh, that's what that IOE is about, right? Yep. yep kind of wild. I'm not
2: the uh, sharpest tool in the shed, but you know what? We got it done. Um, it was it was definitely a surreal experience. Um you know, being this young, not bragging at all, but being this young and now being responsible for um I remember when we got the my first manifest, it was 80 people total on board and I was like, "Wow, that's it's a little bit different than 3 and 20 Juliet." <laughs> so, um uh it was definitely definitely cool. My mom actually uh got a video or I think I sent her a video. Um of just the cockpit and in the background she could hear a baby crying and she's like, she told my dad, she's like, "Wow, well, Matthew's now responsible for that baby on board. You know what I mean? And it's crazy that I have that much responsibility and people, you know, trust me with their lives at st- And you know, and it's, I think it's pretty cool.
0: I, I know that Carson trusted you a lot with his life uh, because when you first started flying at 16, 17, 18 years old with each other. Uh, but I've seen you grow from this student pilot to flight instructor, now ATP guy flying jets, and it's an amazing transformation. And I, for one, have flown with Matt several times in the past, and he is just an amazing pilot. So he says he may may not, may, may not be the sharpest tool in the box, but he's probably one of the sharpest pilots in uh, in in any box um, I've ever met. So really brilliant guy got the got the the chops for flying. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited for him on this journey.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you, um, I think that I have more flights with Matt than even my own flight instructors uh, who got me through private pilot training. We had had a lot of fun flights over the years, a lot of cool experiences. And if there's someone I'm going to get in a big airplane with and trust with 80 people, it's definitely Matt. No one else.
0: So I got one last question for you before we wrap it up today. Uh, What is on the horizon? What are your goals in aviation? Where do you want to get to? Uh, tell us a little bit about what's the next step for you, because I know a lot of people become a first officer and then they want to either get to a dream airline. Is there a dream airline you want to get to? Do you want to fly corporate? Do you want to become a DP? What are your ideas about the future of aviation? Uh, because every job in aviation seems to be a stepping stone until you get to that goal. So what are your goals in aviation? What would you like to do like for the rest of your life? You have a, a long time ahead of you, obviously.
2: Well, my first goal is complete IOE. That's the first one. Um, and then the second one is to be eventually become a captain, which I can't do until I'm 23. So once again, I'm age restricted. Um, so I'll definitely, I'll, I'll be a first officer for a year and a half. Um, and then eventually move up to captain and the pay is really good at all airlines across the board. Um, that if I love sky West enough, um, which I already do, I might just stay there. Um, but term, I, I definitely want to go to try to go to a major airline eventually. Um, get based uh, somewhere where I'm living and stuff like that. Um, Try to fly the wide bodies if I can. Um, But I also enjoy uh, narrow body stuff because I don't know if I would like to be up there for 15 hours at a time just sitting there. But definitely move up to a major airline, become captain, and just fly jets and have my own airplane, Um, have the airplane I have now um, for the rest of my life and fly GA from time to time. So that's my goal: is just ha- live a ha- fun, happy life, flying jets and my airplane.
1: Yeah, I think it's awesome to see um, someone with such a love for aviation just succeed in your dreams, and um, you know, getting to fly three Delta and now getting to fly the bigs—it's awesome. And I think even cooler is that you've always been so interested in aviation that you're being age restricted from from going to the next step. You're age restricted from from taking your written, from getting your private, from getting your ATP, and you know, becoming a captain. And that's just super awesome. So, you know, you're never too young for aviation. You're never too old for aviation. And it's awesome to see everyone in between as well. Um, And thank you so much for listening today. We hope you have a really good understanding now of what it takes to become a commercial pilot, what the journey is and what the timeline is and uh, what it's like to be one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been an awesome journey watching Matt. And uh, we can't wait to uh, watch all of you listeners and uh, watch your journey on social media and in person and chat more about it. Uh, but if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, me or Carson, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram. For me, it's at Mister Guy. For Carson, it's at Carson underscore AV17.
1: And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. Thanks, guys. Have a good
0: one.